Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Raider Nation, let's go. Welcome to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. I am your host, Evan Grote. You can find me and follow me on Twitter at egrote5. I've got the website, justpodbaby.com, where you can find all of the previous podcast episodes archived. This brand new episode is brought to you by sportsnot.com, so please check out their website. They cover it all, all sports, including the NFL. Now, mandatory mini camp. Wrapped up this week out in Henderson after a couple of three-day voluntary OTA sessions in the last couple of weeks. We did hear from several of the coaches and players this week. I tell you, enjoy it now because there is one more OTA session to go and then it's going to get radio silent here real quick and we will not hear or see from these players again uh, for about six weeks until training camp gets underway. So so get your fill now. It's going to get real quiet here very, very soon. Now, speaking of training camp, the Raiders and the Jaguars are the two teams featured in this year's Hall of Fame game uh, in Canton, Ohio, and, and that means they can... Uh, begin their camps a little bit earlier. The veterans, uh, the veterans report no earlier than July 20th this year for the Raiders, and the date for the Hall of Fame game is scheduled for August 4th. Uh, one other side note uh, about training camp: I did see it was reported that the Raiders and the Patriots will come together for joint practices this year. Uh, no big surprise there. Um, the, the joint practices have really become the thing to do. Uh, in the NFL, and, and it's it's just a much more controlled environment for the coaches to evaluate evaluate the the players and the rosters. And I wonder how Josh McDaniels and his staff will will handle the preseason games because during Gruden's time, we we rarely saw the starters take the field. But um, if I recall correctly, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, Bill Belichick is one of the coaches who does like to get his guys out there. He doesn't shy away from playing some of his starters, at least a few a few series, at least early in the preseason. Uh, so perhaps a little bit of that philosophy has rubbed off on the Josh McDaniels. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Now, I was doing some thinking this week uh, in preparation for the show, and I was thinking about the weapons that Derek Carr now has on offense, in particular the trio of pass catchers that he has with Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro. And I started to ask myself, is it possible that this is the best trio in the NFL? So I'd like to discuss that with you guys in segment one. And I actually put together uh, my list of what I believe are the, the top five pass-catching trios in the NFL, and I'd like to know what you guys think about that. We will get into that in a little bit more detail in just a moment. Also, 
Later in the show, we're going to be chatting with NFL insider Adam Kaplan. You can find him in, in many different places, uh, such as Sirius NFL XM Radio, uh, as well as the Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Channel. I listen to him quite often uh, on that channel uh, as part of the fantasy football show in the morning with the, the fantasy guru, John Hansen. He's also a part of Fox Sports Radio, so he's all over the dial there at Sirius XM, and he's got a really good pulse of the league and on the league. We've had him on before, and he's always a, a great guest, has a lot of great insight, and you know because because, because he doesn't locally cover the team, he gives you a little bit different feel uh, from a national perspective. So I, I look forward to uh, chatting with Adam, and um, we're going to talk to him about the NFL offseason as well as some of the moves that the Raiders have made and, of course, some of his thoughts on Josh McDaniels as the new head coach. So that is the plan, but like I said, we're going to begin this week with the question of where does Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro rank among the other top receiving trios in the NFL? Where would you have them ranked? Now, obviously, the three have yet to play together, so there needs to be some projecting taken into account here, and the same goes for uh, some of the other trios that I have on my list that we'll get to in, in a second here. Some of the players are on new teams or working with a different quarterback. But, but I want to spend some time you know, taking a look at the three-headed monster now here in Las Vegas. Before I get into some of the other teams, let's focus on the Raiders. I believe this is the best that Derek Carr's had to work with since he had Crabtree and Cooper in 26. And then in 2017, if you recall, they added Jared Cook to the mix. But now with Adams, Waller, and Renfro, you have three guys who have all had years throughout their career, of at least 100-plus catches. They've all had 1,000-plus yards uh, receiving. And they've all had at least one season of at least nine touchdowns, receiving touchdowns on their resumes. That's pretty impressive. And what's even more impressive about those three is that they have done it within the last two years. So we're not talking about a player who did it several years ago and it's been several years since it's happened again. They, you know, um, so that's, that's impressive when you look at it from that standpoint, the group is loaded and I, and I've talked a lot about the trust factor in recent podcasts between Derek Carr and his receivers. And sometimes, you know, when you look back at his career, he's, he's had the, the tendency to, to lock into and, and pepper, you know, his security blankets w- with targets. And I, I've got a few numbers for you on that going back, you know, not real far, but the 2019 season, Darren Waller led uh, the team with 117 targets and the next highest uh, person with targets had 64. So there's, there's quite the discrepancy there in 2020, more of the same Waller again, led the team uh, with 145 targets this time. The next most was 82 and that was Nelson Aguilar that year. And then last year in 2021, Hunter Renfro, he had 128, followed by the next most, which was 93, and that was Darren Waller. Now, that that number might have been a bit more even had Waller not missed a couple games, but I think you you understand what I'm what I'm getting at here. That should no longer be a problem going forward with, with this group of guys because he has great chemistry with all three, and I would expect those target shares to really balance out more than we have ever seen uh, from Derek Carr, you know, in his previous years with the Raiders. 
Now, like most of you, I, I play fantasy football, and I, and I started to look into some projected stats here for the, the 2022 season, and I mentioned earlier, I, I follow John Hansen, the fantasy guru for my fantasy information, and I went um, into his his website and, and took a look at his his pro, her, his projections. Now, it's early. It's, it's early, um, but I, I did get the projections for Derek Carr as well as those three receivers. And I want to share with you, you know, the numbers that he believes as of right now, what he thinks those guys are going to uh, put up. Now, starting with Carr, he has Carr projected at 4,755 yards passing with 32 touchdowns and, and 10 interceptions. Uh, the, the, that pass, the, that number of passing yards would put him on par with what he did last year. But the number that jumps off the page to me anyways, is the passing touchdowns. That would be the most that Derek Carr has had since 2015 when he also had 32. And that would be a, a, a big increase from last year when he had 23 touchdown passes. Now, Devontae Adams, he has Adams going for 1,285 yards receiving on 99 receptions and 12 touchdowns. Heck of a year there, right? You'd be happy with that, right? Hunter Renfro, he has 915 yards Eighty-five receptions and five touchdowns, and Darren Waller has him projected at seven hundred and eighty-five yards, seventy-three receptions, and four touchdowns. So those are the numbers, and they're just projections. But this all brings me back to my original point: just how good is this group of guys, and and where do you have them stacked up compared to others across the league? So it's it's a fun little exercise that I went through. Um, Feel free to go ahead and, and make your list. Um, I took a look at some of the other rosters in the NFL, other, some of the other pass catchers out there, and I came up with a list of four other teams to go along with the Raiders and just a couple of sidebars with my list before I get into it. Tight ends obviously can be included, Waller, right? And you know you don't necessarily have to have all wide receivers on the list. So you can include tight ends on your list as well. And, and my list here is in no particular order. So I'm going to start here with one of the groups that really jumped off the page at me, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals and and their trio of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and and Tyler Boyd. And that group was a big part of the Bengals' success last year in offense on their way to the Super Bowl. They had an amazing run last year. Uh, Jamar Chase burst onto the scene in his rookie year, and he looks like he is the next great wide receiver in the NFL, 1,455 yards last year in his rookie year, 13 receiving touchdowns. That's impressive for a rookie. Higgins also put together a 1,000-yard season despite missing three games. That's 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 uh, impressive there. And, and Tyler Boyd, he saw his numbers dip a bit with the addition of Jamar Chase and you know having him in the lineup. But he, looking at his career, he has had no less than 828 yards receiving in the last three seasons, and that included a thousand yards in in 2019. So that's a pretty darn good trio there. And um, one other thing I really like about this group is that they're very young. You know, I think Chase is 21, Higgins is around 22, 23, and Boyd is 28. So they got a young group there, and they might even get better in the next couple of years. I want to move on to another team that I have on the list here, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers group with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski. Obviously, it helps to have the GOAT tossing it to you, 
But this group is pretty darn good. I don't care who's tossing him the ball. Chris Godwin was was on his way to a career year last year until he tore his ACL, and he still managed to finish the year with 98 catches, over 1100, just over 1,100 yards and five touchdowns. He did that in 14 games. Now, Mike Evans, he has been one of the most consistent and steady wideouts in the league since he came in. Uh, in 2014, he's had eight consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, and he added a career high this past season with 14 touchdowns. And then, you know, Gronk is Gronk, and, and there's not much more to say about him. No, he is not the Gronk from the from the New England days, but he's still very effective when he's healthy, and he is still a threat in the red zone, and he, and he put together a 55-catch uh, uh, season, 800 yards receiving in, in only 12 games. So, you know, if he's healthy, I, I still think he can get it done. The third team I have on my list, and some of you may disagree with this one, but there's a lot of, again, a lot of projecting, projections going into this group of what I think they can do. That's the Philadelphia Eagles with the newly acquired A.J. Brown teaming up with Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. And Smith and Goddard uh, were the top two targets in Philly a year ago. Smith had a you know a, a really good rookie season with 64 catches, 916 yards, five touchdowns. Goddard had 56 receptions for 830 yards and four touchdowns, and he didn't become the 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 lone starting tight end until Zach Ertz was traded. I believe I think that was about six games into the season, maybe seven games. So he's going to have a larger role now this year. And then AJ Brown steps in, already having two 1,000 yard seasons under his belt. He fell just short of that number last year, but dealt with some injuries and played only 13 games. Now, as I said, with these three guys, I'm basing it on more so what I think they could do together, kind of like what I'm doing with the Raiders, although I feel like Devontae Adams has a little bit more of a track record than some of these other younger guys like Brown and Devontae Smith. Um, And then the other part of the equation in Philly is, will Jalen Hurts hold this group back? You know, unlike the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Bucks, the quarterback play is a little bit more of an unknown with the Eagles. So that's a that's an interesting group there. And then the fifth and final team on my list, who has an excellent group as well, is the Los Angeles Rams. Fresh off their Super Bowl title run, they lose Odell Beckham to the injury in the Super Bowl. He's still a free agent, not signed with any team right now. The uh, Rams went ahead and moved on without him, and they signed Allen Robinson, who has three 1,000-yard seasons in his eight years. And that might not seem like a lot, you know, three three 1,000-yard seasons in eight years, but he's also been a player who's dealt with some injuries, and he has also had to deal with some awful quarterback play, going back to Jacksonville with Blake Bortles and some of the other guys they had there, and then last year um, in Chicago with... with um, Andy Dalton and the rookie Justin Fields, who who struggled in year one as a passer, anyways. Um, and then you got Cooper Cup. What more can I say? The top wide receiver in the NFL, just an absolute monster last season, especially 145 catches, 1,947 yards, and 16 touchdowns. Just a complete stud. And the third wheel for Matthew Stafford is Van Jefferson. Maybe not a household name, still a young player heading into his third year. And, and to be fair, he's really only had one good year, which was last year. He had 800 yards receiving last year, but he should get better. And and Cup and, and Robinson are, are so good. It didn't really matter to me who the third receiver was in this trio. I was going to put them on my list regardless. So so those are my my top five. 
And I think you could argue that there could be maybe a couple other teams that you could throw in here into the mix. I do have, a, I'll, I'll throw out two honorable mentions for, for my list. One of them was the Miami Dolphins with Tyreek Hill now, Jalen Waddle, and, and tight end Mike uh, Gesicki. I think those three have the potential to be very, very good. I think they, they should have a really exciting offense with all that speed on the field. And then I also think the Seahawks with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and um, and uh, who's the t- oh, no, Noah Fant, right? Noah Fant just got traded to uh, the Seahawks uh, from the Broncos. So I, I think that group could be a really good one, although the quarterback play there is, is looking very sketchy at this point. But that is my my top five lists uh, of pass-catching trios in no order, Raiders, Bengals, Bucks, Eagles, and Rams. You let me know who was in your top five. I'd love to hear. I love the conversation and the interaction with you guys. So please reach out to me and, and let me know what you think. Okay, one segment down, another one to go. I'm going to step aside here for a break, and when I return, we're going to chat with NFL insider Adam Kaplan get some thoughts on the NFL offseason and what he thinks about the new look Raiders. You are tuned into Just Pod Baby, brought to you by SportsNot.com. Welcome back to Just Pod, baby. Run down the field on Your home for all things Las Vegas Raiders football. Raiders! News, views, and guests. Just win, baby. There's only one nation, and they listen here. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And welcome back, Just Pod Baby. I'm Evan Grote. Glad to have you here with me again this week. And before we uh, get to our interview with with Adam Kaplan, I wanted to get you just a little bit caught up on on some of the latest here coming out of minicamp this past week. And, you know, we didn't really get a lot of uh, insider information here. If you follow any of the beat writers, um, you know, you didn't get a whole lot of information. But we we did hear a couple different things, uh, a couple takeaways is, you know, Alex Leatherwood continues to get a lot of work at right tackle, although I did see at least one day this week, I believe it was on uh, Thursday, uh, Brandon Parker took most of the snaps with the first team at right tackle. So they're giving him a little bit of, of a look there. He's getting some work. Dylan Parham was getting some work as the backup to John Simpson at left guard. And then the other, I guess, surprising bit of information that I saw this week is at cornerback with Amik Robertson, who was who was running with the first team as an outside cornerback. Now, they brought him in after he had some success at Louisiana Tech on the outside. He was an All-American there in his final season. He's an undersized guy, though. He's a small cornerback. He had a ton of ball production in college which made him very attractive, you know, coming out. But he is a little bit small, a little bit undersized to play outside. Now, he has not really taken advantage of uh, any opportunity that he was given. Not that he's gotten a lot of chances to get out on the field, but when he has been out there, he hasn't really done much. He's actually, you know, made a few mistakes that were critical. 
But with Trayvon Mullen out, he did not practice this week. He was there. There was full 100% attendance. Everybody was there, but Mullen was not out on the field. So that kind of leaves the door open for one of these other guys like Rocky Sin or the newly acquired Anthony Everett, who I think, I, I really think he's going to be a good player for this team. I think he's a guy really flying under the radar, and I would not be surprised to see him take on a much larger role. I'm going to I'm gonna hitch my wagon to Anthony Everett. Now, I'm not saying he's going to start, but I think when his number is called, he will, he will hold his own for sure. But uh, those two, along with Amik Robertson, were, were, were getting work with the first team. So um, I was a little surprised to see that report about Amik Robertson. It seems like they're going to work him a little bit more on the outside this year, already having Nate Hobbs work in the slot. I think that's that's his job, obviously, after a very, very successful rookie year from Nate Hobbs. So, so that is some of the more, I, I would say, the bigger news uh, or the more notable takeaways from this week at OTAs. And as I said, they've got one excuse me, not OTAs, minicamp. And as I said, they do have one more OTA session coming up. I think it's next week. And then these players are going to be off for a while and before training camp gets underway in, in uh, late, late July. So uh, it's going to, it's going to be awfully quiet here. We're going to have to uh, do our best to get our football fixed here. And I'll try to keep you busy with that here on the podcast and make sure you're out there subscribing to the podcast. If you don't already, and I mentioned my Twitter handle already, at egrot 5 Make sure you're following me uh, on Twitter as well as subscribing to the podcast. Okay, we're going to shift gears now and go out to the phone lines and welcome in our guest this week, NFL insider Adam Kaplan. You can find Adam on Sirius XM Radio, the NFL channel, as well as the Fantasy Sports channel. And we're very glad to have you on with us this week, Adam. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at KaplanNFL. And Adam, it was a crazy offseason in the NFL and the Raiders were a big part of that craziness adding two superstars in Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones but I want to start with another addition that they made and that is head coach Josh McDaniels who gets a second chance here now to be a head coach with the Raiders tell us what you think of the hire and what you think McDaniels brings to the Raiders so I've been good to be with you yeah look Josh McDaniels it did not work at all for him uh with the Broncos he was too young he had too much responsibility not only was the head coach but he had personnel control uh, he was in his early 30s then. He's now in his mid-40s. He's learned a lot, talking to people close to him. He's really grown since that situation where he's not. He, he just, he needed help, and he didn't have help there in the front office. And you now you look at it, they've got a great thing going. You know, he, he's working with a guy that uh, he knew from New England, so I think that helps. Uh, he's put together a nice coaching staff. I, I, I like the defensive staff with Patrick Graham. Uh, that was a really good move. That was a huge move for them to be able to get him. Uh, so Josh is, is in good hands here. You know, they made the big trade, as you, you mentioned, for Devontae Adams. Still need, they think they need help on the opposite, the opposite side of Adams. Obviously, we've got run for in the slot, but there's plenty of talent on this football team. Uh, they need to take things to the next level. You, it's, what's interesting about this team is if you look at last year's roster, that somehow made the playoffs through everything that they went through. And then, quite frankly, as you know, I mean, you can make the case that they could have beaten the Bengals. That game was very close in, in the wild card round. So the roster is obviously better than last year. Is it much better? No, but it's, it's a little better. They're healthier, and theoretically it should be better. But the problem is the, the AFC West has also gotten better. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to get to that in, in, a, in a little bit here. And I want to stay with um, a little bit more conversation on, on Devontae Adams because he was, you know, the, the big 
piece to this puzzle here this offseason, getting traded to the Raiders. And, of course, he has experience playing with Derek Carr going back to their days at Fresno State. What kind of impact do you expect to see Adams make, not only on the offense as a whole, but specifically on Derek Carr, who has really lacked a true number one wide receiver for a number of years now? Yeah, I mean, look, the number one pass target uh, you know, more or less has been it's either been Renfro or, or, or Waller, and now it's going to be Adams, and he dominates. He's, he's arguably the NFL's best route runner. He's shown, once again, you don't have to be fast to be a great receiver, and he wins just about every route, and he's tough to beat, and he's so smart, tough, and savvy. And now he's back with Carr, his, his good friend, his college teammate, and this will be interesting to see because they've not played at the pro level together. It's been a long time since they've played together, so it's, it'll be interesting to see what their chemistry is. And you know, now that Waller's healthy, as you know, he was not healthy for the last half of the season. That clearly derailed their offense because of he's so important for matchup purposes and the way that they used him. So, getting Adams now a true number one receiver, not pass target, not just pass target, but number one pass target and number one receiver will help them. But what they do need and what they really lack is speed opposite Adams, and that. That, I, I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to find that uh, with what they have. They have Demarcus Robinson and Keelan Cole are possession receivers. Matt Collins, by the way, he's a supreme special teams player. He can, he can run, but he's, he's a backup receiver. He's not a starter. So that's something that would be a concern of mine, which is why they probably will line up Darren Waller outside a little bit, which they've done in the past. So look for them to try to get free him up a little bit for matchup purposes. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned uh, maybe lacking some speed on the outside. It's something that I've talked about in, in past uh, episodes here on the show is, you know, they do lack a, a burner there. But uh, our guest this week is uh, NFL insider Adam Kaplan from Sirius XM Radio, and you can follow Adam on Twitter at KaplanNFL. I'm glad you brought up Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro as well because part of the discussion that I had in segment one of the show was the Raiders' trio of pass catchers with Adams, Renfro, and Waller. And I think they are as good as any other trio in the league. Of course, I might be a little biased, but you have some other good trios out there, the Bengals, the Bucks, the Rams, and I know you cover the Eagles quite closely as well. I think they could have a pretty good trio there. But what's your take on that? How good do you think you know those three guys for the Raiders could be in this Josh McDaniels offense? Oh, look, there's no doubt with Renfro being one of the best slot receivers in the National Football League. And Waller, one of the, the best matchup tight ends in the NFL. Um, and they, the previous staff with John Gruden lined him up the X position, which is the, it's actually where Adams plays. Uh, so you know, you're going to do that occasionally. And, and by the way, Foster Moreau is a good football player. I know they have, they've got, um, I'm told, some interest in extending this contract. Nothing going on right now. But um, if they don't extend it this year, though, I, I know they want him back for the future. And as you know, he's on the last year of his rookie deal. Good player. He came back very well from the ACL injury. So they've got some versatility. And by the way, Jacob Hollister, I don't know if he'll make the team, but he's super athletic. He's kind of got a slight build, but he, he's a matchup guy who's flashed a little bit in his career, just not being able to play consistent football. So they've got some athletes at the tight end position. All three of them can play, and Moreau's a good team guy. So that's a pretty good group there, and they've got some versatility. That's absolutely a great point with, with uh, Foster Moreau. And, and the reason I say that is because also when you think about some of the success that McDaniels has had with two tight ends going back to the days with the Patriots, I, I think Moreau could, could 
definitely have maybe a breakout season with the Raiders here. Um, and I want to ask you about the defense. You alluded to uh, the new coordinator, Patrick Graham. You know, the Raiders defense showed some improvements last year under Bradley. Now they're going to be working under Graham. And, and there's some new faces on that side of the ball, including Chandler Jones and Rocky Sin at corner. But you know, I want to get your thoughts on the pass rush combo of Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, a rising star in Crosby, signed the big contract in the offseason, and then a future Hall of Famer in Jones. Patrick Graham did not have those kind of pass rushers to work with with the Giants. What are you expecting to see from, from those two this year? Yeah, it's a completely different offense. You, you've got Gus Bradley's zone defense, which is a 43, lots of cover three, and now you've got Patrick Graham, who runs a 34, he'll stand up as linebacker. So Crosby now is going to play. By the way, this defense is not the New England defense, just to be clear here. There will be some multiple. that This is different from the New England defense. I know that there were some greater fans who asked me a couple months ago about this when the staff was hired. I'm like, no, it's this is Graham's defense. Uh, Crosby will stand up. Chandler Jones will stand up. And they'll do really well. Kyle, uh, a real sleeper is Kyler Fackrell, who... Showed some promise when he stand, when he was a stand-up linebacker for the Packers. Uh, so he's a guy that will be a good backup there, and Farrell will have to stand up. I don't, you know, look, it's been such a disaster since he was drafted. You'll take anything you can get out of him. And then Bylaw Nichols is a good is a good uh, run defender. So is Hankins. Uh, then you get Andrew Billings. By the way, I remember seeing him with Cleveland. He never made it there, but he's he is a wide body. That's not a bad signing. I love uh, Neil Farrell, who was their fourth-round pick out of LSU. And Tyler Lancaster has experience in this type of scheme because he played in it in Green Bay at the 34 uh, DN. So this is, I'll tell you what, this front seven, and then Gian Brown and, and Perryman, uh, Micah Kaiser, who's, who's a good football player, and, and Kenny Young, who's over there. So they're, gonna, they're, they're, they're pretty stacked up, as you know, at, at inside linebackers. So, uh, this is this is a pretty good group here. I, I, a little bit probably better than most people thought. And I agree with your assessment. This is more talented. It's the secondary where I have some some problems with this defense where I would be concerned. Yeah, interesting take there. And you know, I, I'm interested to get your take on this this as well because I, I've talked about this a lot too on the show. Is one of the concerns that I have with with this year's Raiders team. I know the expectations are through the roof after winning ten games last year, despite all the the drama they they had to go through is that um, the Raiders won seven. I'm not sure if you know this, but they won seven of their 10 games last year by an average of 3.42 points. You know, they won a lot of walk-offs, late quarterback, uh, you know, car leading the team back for a a game-winning field goal. Seven of the ten games. I'm just not sure if that's sustainable. You know, if if that it's a recipe to to win year after year. What's your take on that? You know, it's good when you could win close games. I mean, I think that's something to be proud of. And somehow, I don't know how the Raiders won 10-7. and 7. It's pretty incredible. I mean, in fact, they had a better road record than at home, which, again, part of this thing is you just don't know how this is going to happen. But winning those final four regular season games, including that incredible game, the 35-32 game against the Chargers, one of the best games of the year, by the way, last game that season, uh, the Sunday night game in Week 18, showed a lot of heart. To, and... and after all the Gruden stuff and how this team dealt with the, 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 uh, the rug situation, just to play through that showed a lot of heart. And that, that, that showed me a lot about these guys, that the guys who were left over from last year's team, that they really do care. And the roster is clearly better than last year. Just, but defensively, the talent level 
uh, with Nichols, who I remember him from the Bears, Bilo Nichols. And Vernon Butler has been a major underachiever, a former first-round pick, but he's in there. Uh, you bring in Chandler Jones, who's got a chip on his shoulder after what happened in Arizona where they didn't really offer him a deal to come back. Denzel Perriman's a good player. I mentioned Jayon Brown. He's an athlete. He's a little bit smaller. Uh, they've got better depth. And if the pass rush could help out that secondary, which I'm sure it will be, I mean, the defense should be better. Now, Rocky Yassin, you mentioned, Rocky Yassin had been a pretty big underachiever uh, for the Colts. I remember talking to the Colts about him. They expected him to be way better, and it just did not work out. And, you know, he's getting a new lease on life here. Uh, with the Raiders, we'll see what he can do. Uh, Trayvon Mullins on the final year of his rookie deal. Need Hobbs as the slot. There's, there's talent here. I mean, there's, Averick comes over from the Ravens, who's played some good ball in his career. So we'll see what happens here. But overall, there's talent there, but it needs to be developed further. NFL insider Adam Kaplan joining us, doing a great job here, giving us some of his insight. And I've just got a couple other, two more topics here I want to touch on with you before I let you run. Uh, one of those is in regards to the, to the AFC West division. And you, and you touched on this briefly earlier. There's been a lot made about the upgrades and changes that were made to all four teams in this division. And I know it's early in the process. You know, I think it's totally up for grabs at this point. And I wouldn't be surprised to see any of the four teams win the division, to be honest. And as we sit here today, early June, the week of mini camps, what are your, some of the, your thoughts on the division and how do you see it shaking out when it's all said and done? Yeah, so I'm going to, in my, you know, I look at the odds and I, I, my, I like the odds for Denver. Uh, I, I would pick, if I had to pick the, the division now, it would be Denver. This is going to surprise some people. i got the Chargers 2, Chiefs 3, Raiders 4. I, I'm very concerned with the Chiefs losing Tyree Kill. There's no way you can make up for him. The guy's going to make the Hall of Fame someday. It's just he tilts coverage. They don't have that guy now at wide receiver, though, though I do like Sky Moore a bit. Russell Wilson changes everything for Denver. They finally have a legitimate quarterback. They haven't had one since... Oh, more or less when Peyton Manning retired, they've, they've had that just revolving door. It's never worked, and now they've got that guy. They, they, they really would have, had he been available a year ago, they would have traded for him. It was either going to be here here Aaron Rodgers. And unfortunately, neither for them, neither was available. But they got Russell Wilson now. Uh, the Chargers kind of underachieved a little bit last year. Uh, they should have been better. They've got a very good roster. Uh, now they're going to... Brandon Staley, as I understand, got the kind of he wanted to get bigger physically on defense. He, he feels better about it. I'm talking to a team source, so this defense should be more a lot along the line of what he's looking for. Their offensive line's going to be better than last season. They're going to be really good. Uh, it's just it's, it's a, you know it's funny if you put the Raiders in the AFC South, I'd put them neck and neck with the Colts. I think it'd be a, a really dead even, but unfortunately they're in, a, they're, they're in the toughest division of the National Football League where. All four teams should be above 500, which is obviously very rare in, 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 in any division for the teams to be over 500. But uh, I, I like the Raiders to be really good, but the problem is I think the other teams are a little bit better. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I really do. Uh, although some of the listeners might not like it, I, I do think it's fair. And <laughs> I'm going to get you out of here on this one. I know that you're in the process of planning your yearly training camp tour. Can we expect yep. to see a, a stop out in Henderson, Nevada to check out the Las Vegas Raiders this year? Yeah, if they were in Napa, I definitely would go. I mean, I was there 15 straight years. I, I'm, I'm debating it. I'm, I'm debating it. it it's because, it, first of all, we don't have, you know, we're talking here in the early June. We don't know the, the schedules yet. Uh, but I will definitely go to Chargers. See, what I like to do is go to what are called joint practices where two teams work with each other. And it saves me a lot of time where I get to see both teams instead of having to go to separate camps. So it just depends if they're going to have any. 
and because uh, some of these I'll drive to, and then some I'll fly to. But it, it a would depend on Evan if they practice with each at another team, and then b when they end training camp because uh, I, I was sent out uh, for one of the, the media deals I had many years ago. I, I was done my tour. Then one of the people I companies I work for asked me to go see the Chargers and Saints back in uh, back in L.A. So that's what I did. So you never know. I'd like to go. I've not been to their, their complex. I've heard it's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I do believe they are doing joint practices with the Patriots this year. I think there is at least some a rumor that was out there that they may get together. But uh, we'll just have to stay in touch with your uh, Twitter page. Follow him at Kaplan NFL, and, and he'll let you know. And, uh, you know, if you do, we'll definitely be tuned into that. And I, and I appreciate you... Uh, the time tonight, Adam. We thank you for the conversation and the insight. Thanks for coming on and keep up all the great work that you do. You got it. Thank you. All right. That was the conversation with Adam Kaplan. And, uh, you know, for a national reporter, he's got a lot of good knowledge about the Raiders. Um, and that's why I'm such a fan of him because, like I said, I listened to him on Sirius XM radio, and, and this guy's just full of knowledge. And he's, he's got a lot of great sources within the league. He's connected to many of the teams out there. So that's a really good rundown there uh, from him. And just some of my takeaways from the conversation, uh, he mentioned he mentioned uh, Kyle Fackrell on the defense as a potential sleeper as a backup role. He did mention the success he had in Green Bay as a stand-up defensive end. So um, I thought that was interesting. He likes Bilal Nichols as a run defender. He believes the front seven is going to be better than a lot of people believe. Now, I I kind of on the opposite side of that. I, I still am a bit skeptical about this defense, especially the interior part of the defensive line. He seemed to like some of those linebackers, Jayon Brown. You know, I, I still... I'm, again, skeptical. I think there's some question marks there. Uh, in the front seven, he he likes the front seven. Uh, and then he does have the concerns in the secondary, and I think that's fair because, you know, you talk about or you heard him talk about Rocky Sin and how he kind of underwhelmed with the Colts overall, although I think he had a good season last year overall. They were a little bit underwhelmed with him. Um, so he comes over. Trayvon Mullen is a big question mark. Can he stay healthy? He really has not been able to put it all together. There's been some flashes for him. Still waiting for him to put it all together here. And there really, there's really only two certainties in this secondary right now, and that is Nate Hobbs in the slot, and I, and I think you can pencil in Trayvon Merrig on the back end. Other than that, there's no sure things. Are you 100% confident in Jonathan Abram? Uh, I'm not. You know, are you confident in Trayvon Mullen? I'm not. So I agree with with Adam Kaplan there that there are con- some concerns within the secondary. But overall, I, I think he was pretty high on the defense, which should make you pretty happy. The thing that you're not going to be happy about is what he had to say about how he sees the division shaking out and he had the Raiders finishing last and that seems to be the consensus out there with a lot of the national media is that the darlings of the division right now are the Denver Broncos I think that seems to be the the common thought out there the common trend is that a lot of people believe they are the team to beat along with the Chargers there is some uh, a lot of unknown with the Chiefs with the loss of uh, Tyreek Hill and then, you know, a lot of teams uh, are a lot of people uh, are, are putting the Raiders to finish last in the division. So I was not completely shocked to hear him say that. I know a lot of you are not going to like that and you probably disagree and that's fine. But I, I do think Adam gave us some great insight there. So I hope you enjoyed it. 
All right, everybody, that is going to do it, though, unfortunately, for us this week. It is time for me to get out of here. I hope that everyone enjoyed the show and the conversation. Please let me know what you think in regards to where you feel the Raiders receiving trio stacks up. Reach out to me on the website, justpopbaby.com. DM me at Twitter. I would love to get your thoughts. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Adam Kaplan. And until the next time, everybody, I am Evan Grote. This is Just Pod Baby. And as always... Just win, baby.